Episode number 416, How to Overcome Those Creepy Crawlies That Drive You Nuts in the Woods. No More Excuses. You're listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 Tech. We talk with adventurers from around the globe to bring you the inspiration and motivation you need to get started in the outdoors or to keep you moving if you're already there. Now here's your host, Kurt Linville. Hi friends, Kurt here. Thank you so much for listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast today. Today's show is going to be a little bit off the beaten path for us, but I think it's something that you will really appreciate as a listener. We're going to talk a lot today about how to combat against illnesses that are brought on by things like ticks and mosquitoes, insects, bugs. This is a big deal for adventurers. And, you know, we like to not talk a whole lot about that stuff because it just seems like a side nuisance. But the reality is a lot of people are being impacted by illnesses that they pick up in the woods. And when we're out doing these adventure sports, we need to know how to protect ourselves And so I have an expert here with us today. Emily Dix is on the line, and Emily is from Kansas City. She is the uh, operations manager for a family company called Proven Repellent, and she has a new product that may solve a lot of our problems, and we're not going to make this into a big, you know, 45-minute infomercial, but what we are going to do is try to educate you about what some of the dangers are of these illnesses and how you can protect yourself and what the various options are for ways to deal with this nuisance problem. So Emily, welcome to the program. Hello, Kurt. Thank you so much. It's nice to be talking with you today. Yeah. So I first heard about this product, Emily, at Outdoor Retailer. And I think that there's been a huge gap in the outdoors industry um, as far as a way to fight against ticks and mosquitoes especially, but there are all sorts of other pests, noceums and and uh, fleas and, you know, different types of biting mites. And there are all sorts of, of little creepy crawlies out there that are a real nuisance, if not even a danger to people. But the problem is we've had to rely on DEET for a very, very long time now. And, uh, you know, DEET can be effective. We both know that. But we also know that DEET has a, a bit of toxicity relate, related to it. And there are people that are very concerned about that who like to avoid using DEET. But in so doing, they could be exposing themselves to some of these illnesses that we're going to talk about. So we'll come back around to your product here in a minute. Okay. But Perfect. your product is kind of a new alternative to using DEET that is different than a lot of the other natural products that we've seen kind of bump around in this realm over the last few years. But first, let's try to give people a little bit of information sure. about what these risks are, what types of illnesses are out there. And I don't want to just scare people. You know, our show, the Adventure Sports Podcast, Emily, is all about trying to get people outside, <laughs> not scare them to stay inside. But this is a reality. If you are outside, you're going to deal with these things. Exactly. I think people need to be educated, right? Well, and the, and the whole kind of premise behind the company was um, 
we wanted to create worry-free outdoor enjoyment for people. And that, that is, you know, whether you're doing adventure out sports, uh, you're gardening, you're just in the backyard, like having a burger and grilling out with your family. So it really applies to so many groups of people. Um, but like you said, um, I talked to a lot of people at the outdoor show as well. Um, the bugs are becoming a danger to some of these you know, athletes and people that are in the woods all the time and they're giving them debilitating diseases. So while they're, the products are also meant to help you enjoy the outdoors and not be annoyed by pestering bugs and eaten alive, it's also, yeah, preventing dangers um, for people who spend a majority of their time outdoors, whether it's training or for work or wh- whatever they may do. But our, yeah, our whole, our whole premise is worry-free outdoor enjoyment. Mm. Well, that's cool. And I think that that will really jive with our listeners because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're the outdoors people. That's what the Adventure Sports Podcast is all about. Now, Emily, I grew up in northeastern Oklahoma. Okay. And the reason I bring that up is because we had tick problems, tick infestations that were beyond belief. We also had mosquitoes and a lot of other things, fleas and you name it, but ticks were just the huge one there. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of history in dealing with those things. And lucky for me, I didn't get sick. But, and I'm not exaggerating, you know, people will say thousands and thousands and it's an exaggeration. I'm not exaggerating. I have been bitten by ticks thousands and thousands of times. Um, I got really, really lucky because I never got sick. But I know right. that some people get one tick one time and they get Lyme's disease. Right. And is Lyme's prevalent in the Ohio region? I know it is in like Minnesota and Wisconsin and some of the um, northern states. Um, it was uh, Oklahoma is where I was from. So. Oh, I thought, I thought you said Ohio. Sorry. No, it was <laughs> Oklahoma. And it does happen, but I don't think at when the years that I was growing up that it was as prevalent as it was in other places. So there are other places where it's much more of a danger. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I, I usually, like I remember going to um, just a local camp and I'm from Kansas city, but um, our elementary school would go to this place called Wildwood. And it was like this exciting sleepover camp and we would do tick checks every night. And we we rarely found any, but you could always, if if someone had it, it was very easy to, to spot. But I spoke to a girl, um, at the outdoor retailer show who said she was in Missouri recently and had the tiniest, she had 15 tiny ticks that were like embedded in her calf, um, removed by the hospital. And she, she was hospitalized for a little while. She said it was just like the most horrific experience, but, but they were so tiny. She couldn't even really detect them until it was kind of too late. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lucky you didn't get sick, but it, it does help when you can kind of feel them immediately and spot them. But I know the tick checks are just part of, you know, nightly routines in some areas. It does seem too that if you're living or playing in an area that doesn't have as much of a tick problem, then you're going to have a mosquito problem. And that's because the environment um, that is healthy for ticks, you know, that goes away when you get cold enough winters and as Uh a rule, it just diminishes. Right. But then you are, you're in areas where the mosquitoes thrive. And so for, for whatever reason, you're going to have one type of a pest or another. Right. So you also mentioned to me that you used to like to take canoe trips. Um, yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we have a big outdoor history with my family. Um, I grew up going to camp. My mom grew up going to camp in Minnesota. It was a camp called Kamaji, um in Bemidji, Minnesota. So anyway, so she sent my brothers to camp when they were um, 
in elementary school. Actually, my brother, Jamie, was like, I want to go to camp this summer. I want to go for eight weeks. So he got to pick, you know, all the camps and in their little videos. And he got to pick the camp he went to, wanted to go to. So that camp was Kuchiching, And that's in International Falls, Minnesota on Rainy Lake. And so my brothers went there for 15 years. And they would do these 600-mile canoe trips um, uh, out, you know, in the um, Arctic Circle and on Hudson Bay. And it was just amazing what they've seen. So anyway, my mom was part of that camp in a, in a way. And then, um, it had a hundred year old tradition. And so she helped, um, the founders, it was an all boys camp and she helped the founders, uh, launch a girls camp that, uh, you know, was built kind of on the same, um, fundamentals and the, the, the wilderness tripping and, um, going into the, you know, Canadian, uh, yeah, let's see what, what would be like Ontario and some of those places. So anyway, I was kind of part of that, camp launching I was on the first inaugural canoe trip um and we did the turtle river in Canada so I before that I you know I went to summer camp but it was mostly you know you did crafts and things like that so this was a totally different experience with like extreme trips um and we did our first trip was yeah 120 miles and 10 days on the water and it was the most fun I've ever had it was just pure fun um I think there were 10 girls and it was just beautiful. So I really fell in love with that. And my mom has since uh, become the director of that camp and has been the director for the last 15 years. It's called Camp Ogichi Gakwe. And that's in uh, International Falls as well. So Ogichi Gakwe? Ogichi Gakwe. <laughs> did Ojibwe. I say that so, right? Yes, you did. It's Ojibwe and it means strong spirited women. So, oh, cool. It's for girls, and I, they have a program called the Chickadee Program, and that's uh, for, like, 10-year-olds, uh, but mostly it's high school and college, and it is just an amazing place. They they first inhabited a an old fishing lodge um, with, you know, the little out cabins, and it was a pretty dire place, and since then they've, you know, done the fundraising, and um, this is all under an organization called the Camping Education Foundation. Um, that houses both Kuchiching and Ogichi, but, um, they now have a fully built out camp. That's just amazing. And, um, I usually get, I used to work there, you know, um, in college and a little bit after that, but I, I get up there once a year and I, I want to be a camper forever. It's like the most amazing place. Um, so anyway, we've, um, we've shipped them 150 bottles of proven repellent and they've been using them on all their canoe trips and, the girls that have used it, like, you know, and as instructed, have come back with zero bites, um, and others have not fared so well. So mm. <laughs> anyway, it was a good introduction to the nasty um, effects of mosquitoes and black flies. Um, but the trade-off is amazing because uh, the country is beautiful, and the canoe trip experience was just awesome. I'll never forget it. Well, you know what? I want to relate a personal story a little bit. When I was a kid, uh, I grew up on a farm. Okay. In Oklahoma, not in Ohio. In Oklahoma, not <laughs> Ohio, correct. And in the summertime, um, there were so many ticks in the woods in, in Oklahoma that it, it just became a, a matter of you really couldn't go in the woods. It was right. just that bad. And so what I did all summer is I would hike through creek bottoms. So I would stay in the water. And the ticks would still drop off of bushes near the banks on me. But I would spend my summers hiking through streams because that's the only way I could get outside. And I couldn't stand to be inside. I had to be outside. Couldn't yeah. wait for winter to come with a good hard freeze. It would knock down the tick populations. And then I would roam the fields and the forest outside of the water. But that's what I had to do 
to be outside and not have these major tick issues? Well, no, I'm just going to say this is a very near and dear issue for you. I mean, I, I don't know many young kids who are, uh, you know, thinking about the tick population and the, the winter freeze. So that was, that was very relevant to your, important to your life then. Well, and my concern is that it's a reason why a lot of people don't get out and do fun things outdoors. And yep. we believe that the health and the, the spiritual and the mental health and, and all these sorts of benefits that come with being active outside are vast. That's why we have this show. The Adventure Sports Podcast is all about trying to get people off the couch to go out and experience the bigger world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is one of the main reasons in that part of Oklahoma that people stay inside. Another mm-hmm. reason is that it can be really, really hot and really, really humid. But the reason I bring this up is that I was always looking for a solution. And just so people know how bad this was, I'm going to tell uh, two stories. My family, before we bought the farm, when we were looking for a piece of property, I was just a little kid, really young. And we went traipsing through the woods on this piece of property one summer day. And it happened to be at kind of the peak of the tick season. And in Oklahoma, that means that you're late enough in the season that the ticks have managed to reproduce, and they have created what we called seed ticks. Um, One single female tick lays eggs that hatch, and there will be many hundreds, if not even up to a thousand, of uh, miniature, almost microscopic ticks that will be in a clump. And you walk by a blade of grass or a bush, and they plop on you all at once. And you look down, and it looks like a bruise, because uh-huh. there are all these almost microscopic ticks, maybe 500 of them. And it looks like a bruise, but it's moving. And you realize, I'm in trouble. Because every single one of those will bury into you if you don't get them off or keep them off. So anyway, long story short, I, uh, I fell asleep that night on the bathroom counter while my parents removed ticks from me for hours and hours and hours. Oh, my gosh. And so when I say that there is a tick problem, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Now, hopefully, you know, other people um, don't experience anything like that. Hopefully for other people, it's I don't want to get a single tick because I don't want the risk associated with that, you know? Right. Well, and I think the people that are, you know, living in the regions that are so infested with ticks, this has always been an issue. Whereas, um, you know, the last few years, mosquitoes were all over the news with, you know, Zika virus and West Nile. And then everything kind of shifted, and the news has really been talking about ticks. So I think the populations or, or the emerging tick diseases, there's like, I think there's like, so there's some statistic like there's 20 new diseases emerging from ticks. So I think they're really getting, um, well, while people have had this problem forever, I think it's now becoming more of a mainstream issue. Um, and I don't know if the populations have increased, but I know the diseases that are emerging are pretty debilitating. There's one, I think it's called, um, Powassan virus. And that makes you not be able to taste meat Wow. Uh, or red meat or something. Or no, you become allergic to red meat or something like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's life changing. That would be a major deal for me yeah. ha- having my cheeseburgers. <laughs> well, and then there are also the, the mosquito borne diseases. Yeah. You know, and like the Zika virus, which you mentioned. Right. And then, yeah, there's West Nile. Chikirunga was a, a big one from, I think, last the last two years, um, last season at least. Um, I think, uh, and, and that just gives you, like, incredibly 
painful like flu symptoms and it pretty much can knock you out for about a month um a month or so just with I think it worked on like your muscles and things like that so it was just a really yeah can be very debilitating and Lyme's disease is one of those that um I think you kind of have it forever and you kind of go into a remission of some sort but um it's it's bad so mm. We think about a lot of these diseases as something that you get in a third world country. And I think the reason is because they're more prevalent in third world countries. But if you look up these diseases in the United States, it can be kind of shocking. Did you know that the plague is alive and well in fleas, especially in the southwestern and western U.S.? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, it's just kind of a scary thought. Um, It's usually bubonic, and it's not that it's so prolific but there have been an average, according to uh, maps and statistics from the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, they say that there have been um, between 1 and 17 cases per year for the last many years of the plague in the United States. So, And that's, of course, from fleas that are usually on rodents that are in the woods that jump on you when you go by. So, I mean, good grief. It seems like these little critters are out to get us. Right. <laughs> and you'd, see, you'd think that they're, you know, it's so unlikely that would never happen. But, like, the statistics are pretty crazy if you think about it. I mean, that that's actually existing here. Um, and you're right. You do think of it as, like, the third world countries. I know Zika was um, really prevalent in South America and, um, you know, Latin America. But then it started climbing into Florida and into Texas. And, um, yeah, it's. It's it's pretty scary and it's um, it's one of those things that can get out of control really quickly. So, um, but yeah, you think about these diseases are just kind of you know rampant in these other countries, and it's we're just very fortunate not to have as as much of a problem. But there's still a big problem, and oh, there's yeah. still dangers for. But yeah, you can't live in fear, so you don't want to like not go outside. But there are ways to to protect yourself. So. Well, and I'm not going to claim to be an expert about any of this, but <laughs> I kind of laugh when I see the the advisories that get put out by various government bodies on, on how to combat, for instance, ticks. You know, I, they say things like, uh, wear long sleeves, wear long pants, tuck your pants <laughs> into your socks so that they can't get to you. And that just Those makes creepy me... crawlers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what makes me laugh about that is is in Oklahoma, they could easily get through socks, not a problem. And they could even get through seams in your jeans. I mean, you know, you're you're going to get ticks um no matter how much you cover up. Yeah. Maybe you could put on one of those fireproof asbestos-like suits and I know they're not asbestos these days, but every 5 minutes you could have someone like torch you with a flame. But beside that, you're not going to get the the ticks to stay off of you by tucking your pants into your socks. Well, yeah, and there's this um, there's this uh, woman I follow on Instagram who lives in Maine, and um, she lives in kind of a right on the water, and they they have like kind of a, a compound and um, grow their own food, and they're really a neat um, group. But anyway, she has um, she posted a picture of her son wearing a tick suit. And, uh, because I think that, you know, the ticks are just crazy up there as well. And it did look like one of those like asbestos suits. Um, and I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, these poor kids have to run around in these space suits. But you know, it's like, what lengths would you not go to, to well, protect, yeah. protect your kids, but also, you know, not have them fear the outdoors. So, um, anyway, well, I'm looking for, 
I'm looking for a solution because yes. I want all of our listeners to feel like they can go outside and have a way to avoid some of this stuff. I mean, even if these little creepy crawlies didn't carry disease, it's no fun to get bitten, to get a sore that itches and stays inflamed for days. You know, right. that's no fun. And it's enough to make people say, I'm not going outside. So I would like to solve this problem. <laughs> so that people can go outside. And like you were mentioning just before we started, people that are doing adventure races, they're being exposed to all kinds of these parasites. Yeah, and, and no matter how you know fit, active you are, these, these diseases will, you know, it's irrelevant from um, your, your current health. It's just, they will, they will get you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about all the different things, mountain biking. If you're mountain biking in areas with ticks, you're going to get ticks. Uh, trail running, very, very popular. Alter distance running, very, very popular. All of these things, you're going to be exposed to ticks. Now, if you decide to get out of the tick country to areas that get colder in the wintertime, now you're exposed to the mosquitoes. Yep. And so it doesn't matter what it is. If you're outside, what about rock climbing? Well, you've got the mosquitoes and you might have the ticks. Well, and your <laughs> mosquitoes, you're, you know, you're holding on for dear life rock climbing and then some <laughs> mosquitoes like biting you. It's like, that's a danger in itself. And yeah, I mean... If if nothing else, if they're not even in disease-carrying areas, they're so annoying, and they really can hinder your experience. Um, you know, I remember camping, just we would get into our tent and look up, and there were so many mosquitoes in our tents, and we would just, like, spend the next 30 minutes trying to kill mosquitoes before we fell asleep. Um, and, you know, that's just, that's common, you know, what you do when you're camping, but it, it can definitely, you know, hinder the enjoyment. <laughs> By now, you certainly know who Bentgate is. That's for a great reason. Bentgate Mountaineering has been sponsoring the Adventure Sports Podcast almost from the beginning, and we really appreciate that. They've made it possible for all the great shows to continue coming your way. We want to say thanks by reminding you to go to them for your backcountry gear. If you live in Colorado, then just stop by their store in Golden. If not, go to bentgate.com. They have what you need from the latest ultralight gear to the tried and true classics for climbing, hiking, and camping like Arcteryx, Hilleberg, Nemo, Western Mountaineering, and many more. Need advice? They have you covered there too. Their staff are passionate adventurers who can offer help from their own experiences. Bentgate also hosts lots of events and speakers. Check out their website to see the schedule and to see all of their products. Help take care of the Adventure Sports Podcast by getting your gear from Bentgate Mountaineering. some things that I've done to combat mosquitoes when I go backpacking. I use, I know this sounds is crazy, but I use a bandana mm-hmm. and I wrap it around my neck so they can't land on my neck and bite me. And mm-hmm. if they're really thick, I'll take the bandana off my neck and I'll kind of slap it around my head and ears and neck while I'm hiking or, or doing things around camp, kind of like a horse would use its tail to chase away the flies. And mm-hmm. it works, you know, it is a solution, but the mosquitoes can get to the point that it's not adequate. And it's annoying because you're constantly trying to shoo the little guys away. So anyway, I, I've tried DEET, and I, I have found that DEET works, right? Yeah, but I've also, DEET, DEET works. Mm-hmm. I've tried other things. 
uh, citronella-based insect repellent. Um, first, mm-hmm. I don't like the smell of it. It right. drives me nuts. I, I don't like the smell. But that said, uh, it doesn't work perfectly. It might deter them a little bit, but it didn't seem to be really good. My favorite was catnip. Have you seen the catnip products? I have actually, and that is so interesting. But I, I hear it's I hear it works. Well, it works until it starts to wear off because it doesn't last very long. Yeah. And that has been my experience. And then the other thing that always made me laugh about it, and of course I don't have any proof of any of this, but it says has not been tested with wildlife, meaning um, we don't know what's going to happen if a mountain lion's in a neighborhood and you're covered in catnip, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> and I always I'm laughed totally, at that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, oh, my gosh. It, it's one of those things where you think, well, I really shouldn't have to think about that. You're, you're, the, new, <laughs> you're the new fancy feast. And here's one that also works very well, and I can attest to it. You find some really thick, gooey mud. And you smear mud on all your exposed skin on your whole body, and it does work very well. It's a great solution if you don't mind walking around like the swamp monster. Exactly. Which, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a it's an effective solution, but it's you know it's probably not as um, enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's you know people pay for mud what mud treatments and mud massages and things like that. So I guess there's a two in one benefit there. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> of course, you hike off the trail and try to get to the, you know, back to your car, and someone might call the police. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. It's scary stuff when when some scary monster walks out of the wood covered with mud and leaves. And, um, I'm what kind of joking like? about that, but people go to extremes, and the worst extreme yeah. of all is staying indoors. That's true. And so, do you have a solution for us? I want people to hear about this because I, I really think this is a problem that we have to solve. Yeah, I do. Um, I, so, yeah, we want to talk a, a little bit about Proven. It's our brand new insect repellent brand that we just launched this year. And I'll kind of go back a little bit because this is, um, we're a family-run business. Uh, my dad is the owner, and I've been um, working for him for the last, you know, five, six years. Uh, but we, we're, we've been in the industry for about 10 years with a different product called Mesquite No, and that was a citronella-infused wristband. To your point, citronella is great in some circumstances, but it's not going to work in every uh, situation. So the way you wore that was just it was infused in a wristband, wore it on your wrist. But yeah, it, it could work great for a backyard um, in the Midwest. But if you're in Florida um, in kind of a swampy area or if you're in the Northwoods, it's only going to get you so far. It's kind of what you're up against. So we um, we wanted to, especially with the emergence of all these diseases coming out, we wanted to come to the table with something a little bit more effective that was still in line with our, you know, our all natural goals. Um, but we wanted it to be really effective because we understand that when people, people prefer natural options, but if they don't work, they're going to still use DEET. And DEET is a really effective repellent, but it's also very toxic. It has adverse impacts to the nervous system, it can melt gear. I know that in the camping world, at least that's on a lot of non-deep products some of the the um, promo lines are you know gear safe because deep can literally melt synthetics it can melt plastics um, and then we're putting that on our skin so you know if sometimes you, you put it on your hand and you can taste it in your mouth it's that you know awful but it, it works and people you know given the current landscape are going to do what it takes to work so anyway deet is um, very prevalent in the um, bug repellent category. It's like the number one ingredient used uh, by all the big brands. 
Um, and there's a big DEET lobby behind it. Um, so that's why it was developed by the U.S. Army. And um, there's just a lot of uh, promotion um, and uh, pushing of DEET. However, um, so our product, uh, our new product, Proven, that we developed, you know, just because of all this, we wanted to offer a health-conscious but highly effective alternative to DEET. Um, picaridin is a synthetic ingredient. It's modeled after compounds found in black pepper. Um, so it has some natural origins and plant-based biology, but it is still a, a chemical. It's a gentle chemical. Um, so picaridin as an ingredient was developed um, in the 80s. And so it's been around forever. And it's interesting because it is such um, a great alternative. And it's, uh, it, it's just underutilized in the market for whatever reason. It's, um, it's a really effective ingredient. It's more effective and longer lasting than DEET, but non-toxic. So the fact that it really has, yeah, it has had like little exposure given how effective it is and how safe it is to use. So will you spell it for us? Because it's hard to. It's Picaridin is P-I-C-A-R-I-D-I-N. And it was developed by Bayer AG in the 1980s. So um, it's been around and it just, when we discovered the ingredient, we were like, why is this not being used more often? Because the the testing and the efficacy data behind it is amazing. It lasts for 12 to 14 hours, um, depending on which form you're using. We have a spray and a lotion. Um, so longer lasting than DEET, non-toxic. Um, it's safe for babies two months and older, safe for pregnant women. Um, and it lasts, or it, it repels against uh, chiggers, black flies, no CMs, mosquitoes, obviously, um, ticks, and um, a lot of the, you know, the nasty, you know, annoying insects, the flying insects that last for 12 to 14 hours, which is a big deal when you don't have to reapply something every few hours. Um, and the fact that it's non-toxic, but uh, just as effective as DEET is really where it creates a lot of value. So you mean I could, I could go outside without a Tyvek suit on? Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Well, and just to give you an example, um, so one of our our office neighbors um, down, you know, she's a few doors down. So we're we're in Kansas City, but we're surrounded by a lot of um, farmland. So she lives on a farm. She has horses. And when we first got our our first shipment in, I ran over to her and I was like, "Okay, try this out." Um, she has been. She said she's had this major fly problem with her horses and tick problems. She picks about a hundred ticks off them a night. Um, her horses because she's out in in the country um and so a few weeks went by and I saw her out in the parking lot she goes what is that stuff I can't even tell you I've never found something that works you know as effective I mean it's amazing I have not pulled I spray I've been spraying it on the horse's legs um and underbelly and I have literally pulled off zero ticks since then wow and I know it's so effective. And she says that we take walks in the fields, you know, every evening and we used to come back and pull ticks off of our ankles. And she's like, I kid you not, we have not been pulling anything off since we started using it. So it's really effective. And the testimonials that we get are just, um, you know, really kind of validate what we're going after is just providing people with a healthier, safer option. That's still really effective. Um, cause you know, I'm a health conscious, health minded consumer. And so, I, I, um, I can empathize with people when they don't know what to do with, uh, making the choice between putting deed on themselves or, you know, getting a, a harmful disease. It's like, which, which is worse, <laughs> you know, the toxicity or disease, you know? Right. So 
um, we're trying to be that solution. So it's called Picaridin, and your product is called Proven Repellent, Proven Insect Repellent. Yes. Yes. So our brand and our product is called Proven Repellent, Proven Insect Repellent. Um, and we utilize the active ingredient picaridin. And I think there's a, there's a few different brands on the market that offer picaridin, but like I said, it's so underutilized and should be much more mainstream than it is because it's so much safer and healthier for people. Okay. So you say it's safer and healthier and, and I'm taking your word for that, but can you yeah. give us um, some of the science behind that? How could something be such a deterrent to insects and these guys, they'll go to any length to get to you, right? How could it be that effective if it's so harmless for humans? It comes down to the chemical compounds of it. It's modeled after black pepper, which is like a natural, has um, natural repelling factors. The ingredient itself works on the odor receptors of the bugs. So it's a nearly odorless. It's a colorless compound. And yeah, it works on the odor receptor, so the bugs don't know you're there. So it's just, it's a, it has near cosmetic qualities where it's gentle on skin, it's low toxicity, um, none of the dermal sensitivities or anything like that. So um, the compound is stable toward light, water, and s- sweat and oxidation. So it's, it's biodegradable. The, just the, the chemical compounds itself are very, um, are gentle, uh, but the, the way it works on the bugs is super effective and repelling against them. Mm. Well, it sounds wonderful, and I have to say, <laughs> growing up in Oklahoma and then adventuring all over the West and in Colorado especially, you know, I've dealt with ticks, I've dealt with fleas, I've dealt with mosquitoes, I've dealt with every kind of biting bug, um, biting flies, you name mm-hmm. it, and we've had to deal with it. So if there really is a natural solution, you know, something that um, is non-toxic that we can use without having to worry about it. I mean, I've had to resort to using DEET and I don't like it. I don't like using DEET. So, yeah. Well, and and now the, um, the CDC, the world health organization and the EPA, um, you know, ever since all these, there was that national kind of emergency about with Zika, um, they all recommend this ingredient picaridin as an effective repellent against mosquito borne illnesses. So, you know, the CDC is on, on board and they named picaridin. So we're, um, we're trying our brand. We're trying to help educate people um, that there is a health conscious alternative. There's a lot of brands out there that kind of go toward the gear safe aspect of it, but um, uh, they also have deep products in their in their product line. So if you go too too far with the it's non toxic, it's safer than deep, then you've just alienated the rest of your products. So um, we're a strictly picaridin based repellent, and will always be that way. And so we have a lot of room to really promote and and help educate consumers that this ingredient itself whether you pick our brand or not is so much healthier than deep Mm. you know just for fun i'm going to throw in another um trivia fact that i just looked up Mm -hmm. 1,700 cases of malaria diagnosed in the united states each year that's yeah that's absurd yeah and most of those by the way the the CDC believes that most of those came into the United States with people that were already sick from being in, in other countries. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've had malaria problems throughout the United States in um, the not-so-distant past. And I'm sure that in some of the southern states, there are still areas where you can get malaria here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, catching it when you go abroad and bringing it back... Um... And that's another thing the, the yeah the World Health Organization has recommended 
picaridin as an ingredient if you're going abroad now. So um, it really is, it's effective. DEET's going to always be effective and people, some people will never, you know, give up DEET. They love their DEET and that's, that's fine. But for people who are, you know, have that concern and are looking for a health conscious option, um, that's where we're coming in. Mm. (laughs) Camp Crate, three, two, one. So we had some customers in the backcountry call us because they were concerned they had altitude sickness. And uh, we were able to talk them down, get them to a safe place, create an emergency plan. We were willing to do anything we needed to get them out of there. But they ended up taking our advice, still having a really good trip. Camp Crate is a gear rental trip planning service. We will plan a backpacking trip for you if you don't have one planned. And then we rent you all the gear, send it to your house send it to your hotel. Anywhere in the U.S., we will ship you gear. And then once you're done, you put it back in the box and return it back to us. Most of our customers are first-timers, so we want to give you the confidence to go out into the wilderness with the right gear and with the know-how. With 24-7 support, we're able to really make you feel comfortable out there while at the same time definitely challenging yourself. A lot of people have told us it's been life-changing for them or their best trip they've ever done. Campcrate.net. Got it, Mason. That's a take. I went to Kenya several years back and just fell in love with the country and the people, and it was a trip Mm -hmm. of a lifetime. But I saw things there because of, frankly, because of poverty and not very good access to health care. A lot of the diseases that, you know, we would manage to, to treat early, in the U.S., have gone untreated there, and you begin to see things like elephantitis, right, or the advanced cases of malaria. And I have to tell you this, it, it's kind of some scary stuff. We're driving down the yeah. road. A good friend, Joseph, was driving Matatu for us, and we see three guys sitting on a man who's laying face down in the dirt, and they're waiting by the side of the road. We look at him, we say, what's going on? And he says, oh, that's malaria. He says, those are his friends. They're taking him in. And we said, well, why? And he says, well, when malaria goes untreated long enough, then one of the side effects is a form of mental insanity. And so when someone gets to that point, then their friends have to restrain them and take them into an institution where they can be cared for because they become dangerous to themselves and others. I was like, wow, malaria will do that? Wow. Um, Well, you hear hear the the death factor and the death statistic of malaria, but you don't really hear you know, the other side effects and the, the, uh, impacts of it. Mm. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. And you know, there's a, a really sad ending to this story and I'm going to tell it just so people know how dangerous some of these diseases can be. A few years later, we found out that Joseph's wife had died and it was from malaria, mm-hmm. but it, it got to the point that she actually pulled all the firewood into their home and started a fire inside of the house because of the the mental illness side of the disease. And uh, it's just so scary to think that diseases like this exist. And I don't say that to scare people out of the woods. You know, I, I live in the woods. I spend as much of my free time as I can outside in nature. And for me, I would still do it even if there were no way to repel these insects. I would still yeah. do it because I love it that much. It's it's a risk that I'm willing to take. But right. the idea that there's something that could actually be effective, not just here, but when you're traveling overseas, 
to keep the bugs away. You know, that that sounds great to me. So how can people get more information or even get the product? Yeah. So, um, well, and I'll explain a little bit about our product line. Um, we have a spray and a lotion. Um, the spray comes in two variations. We have a gentle scent and then an odorless. Um, and the same for the lotions. We have an odorless lotion and an odorless um, uh, or gentle scent lotion. Um, and it's funny because you, you talk to people and we've, we've done some focus group surveys and one of the number one complaints about bug repellent, despite the toxicity and all that is the smell. People hate the smell of bug repellent. And so anyway, now that we have this odorless option, people are very excited about that. So that's been a great um, seller. I personally care, carry around the travel size odorless lotion. I kind of like being able to just have targeted application. It's easy to put on your face. It's a great um, product for kids, too, uh, because there's no inhalation if you're you know, spraying it on them. Um, but you can p- find all of those products um, on provenrepellent.com. Uh, it's P-R-O-V-E-N-R-E-P-E-L-L-E-N-T.com. And for listeners, we have a coupon code. It's OUTDOOR20, just the word OUTDOOR with the number 20 after it. And if you enter that at, at ketchup, or uh, not ketchup, uh, checkout it's 20% off your order. So, uh, you can also find us at select Dick sporting goods stores. We're doing, um, we're in some of the coastal stores right now. Uh, Meyer food stores. If you're in the region where Meyer is carried and then Westlake ACE hardware. So we just launched in May of this year. So it was kind of a, a late start to the season, but, um, we're excited about 2019 and we're going to be in, um, target next season. So you can find us there. Uh, definitely. Wow, that's fantastic. So the first thing I need to do is go to your website and get some because I need to start using it here in Colorado and, and I'm see gonna how send I like you some. it. You don't even need to order it. I will send you some. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, that's even yeah, better. I think you're going to like it. And there's lots of information on our website. We have blogs about the, you know issues related to the diseases and um, the efficacy information is listed and, you know, lots of, lots of good content on there about the benefits. Um, and one of the, the things I definitely like to say is that it's safe for kids because I know um, putting DEET on your children is kind of a scary idea and just knowing the neurological impacts it has. So um, anyway, it's, it's a great alternative for, for people looking for a safer option. That's really, you're not sacrificing any of the efficacy. It's really effective. So, and Mm. I was just on vacation with my family in Michigan. We have a little cabin up there, um, right in the pictured rocks, national lakeshore. Have you ever been there? I've heard of it, but I have not been there. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. Um, just right on Lake Superior, beautiful bluffs. Um, and anyway, beautiful, but mosquitoes are horrific and flies are horrific. So, we were using it the whole time. I had a ton of family up there, and it really made the outdoor um, experience a lot better. So I think that everyone can kind of benefit from a better solution, and everyone has their own um, you know, preference, but definitely want to introduce proven and ingredient picaridin because it's, it's really, um, I think it'll be a game changer for some people looking for a different option. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about travel, and it reminded me of an experience I had with my uh, with my stepdad. And we were in Alaska, and we had driven the Alaskan highway and rented a little cabin for the night. And it was um, my wife and I and our newborn son, and uh, my stepdad and my mom. And and as we got out of the car, there were flies, biting flies. They called white socks because they have white feet. 
and they would drill holes in you as fast as, as you could blink, and they would swarm any flesh. And so here we are with a, a very young son. I think he was uh, oh, just a few months old at the time. And we're trying to keep the flies off of him, and we're trying to keep the flies off of us. And we just essentially raced into the cabin and slammed the door. And, of course, flies are trying to get in the door. And <laughs> the reason I, I laugh about this is my stepdad grabbed some citronella-based insect repellent. Mm-hmm. And he put it all over the windows and the doors and the screens, and it got so strong that our eyes are watering. We had to leave the cabin. <laughs> we couldn't even be there oh anymore. And to make matters worse, I'm, for some reason, sensitive to uh, strong smells, perfumes, yeah. and things. My poor wife would like to wear perfume, and it gives me a headache. It makes me feel weak. For whatever reason, I'm one of these people. I just can't be around those sorts of fragrances, right? So you said right. you have a fragrance-free version, so that makes me even yes. happier. I will be sending you the odorless, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so it, does it work as well as the ones that come with the, the regular fragrance? Yeah, because um, the actual, the ingredient itself is odorless, and the bugs can sense it, and that's why it works on, you know, their odor receptors. But whereas citronella, it's totally scent-based, um, and that's a, an essential, you know, an oil um, extracted from plants. So... Um, that is totally, you know, scent based and, you know, as long if with our wristbands, at least they, they would last for five days, but as soon as the scent started dissipating and you couldn't smell it anymore, it didn't work. So Centronella is totally based on scent. This, um, the repellency factor in the keratin is all based, you know, on the chemical and the things that the, the bugs can pick up on. Mm. So the odorless, it's, it's odorless as is, uh, we've added a scent just, um, it's like a rosemary, lavender, coriander scent, very, you know, gender neutral, uh, just to add a, a preference. But it's funny. It's like the people love the odorless because I think they just want to smell like, you know, if they wear a fragrance, they want to smell like their fragrance. They want to, you know, they don't necessarily want to smell like the way they associate with their bug repellent. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, there is no difference um, with uh, efficacy between the two. Oh, good. That's even more good news for me. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Right on. Yeah, and I'll send you some lotion for your your um your kid. So, how old is your kid now? Well, we have four kids, and they are four all four kids. Grown so this is an old almost. story. <laughs> yeah, it's an old story. The son oh, I was talking gosh. about just turned twenty one this year, and wow. so and then we have three others that are you know spread a couple or three years apart, younger than him. So, um, we just got off of climbing two fourteeners this weekend, my sons and I, and. You know, our routine is we kind of dash from the car to the tent, make sure the tent stays yeah. zip tight so that we don't get eaten alive by the mosquitoes when we camp before we climb. And, right. you know, that's just the standard. We're constantly battling against these critters, but we still go no. out all the time. So yep. I'm really liking the sound of this because now maybe I can go out and say, you know, I'm not going to have to worry as much about things like Zika virus or right. West exactly. Nile virus, that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just one less thing to worry about, and that was kind of the whole goal: is worry from disease, worry from the you know toxins you don't want to put on your body, and just worry free from annoying insects. So um, anyway, the the whole point is to help you enjoy the outdoors more. Do mm. you know enjoy the best parts about it? Well, here I'm going to turn the tables on you just a little bit. You mentioned yes. that when you were younger, you did several of these canoe trips, and that it it was really impactful to you. I believe that when we get out in nature and experience some sort of an adventure sport, an activity we enjoy in nature, that it can change a life. 
And I would yeah. like to know how these canoe trips impacted you. Oh, gosh, I was at um, probably when I went on my first canoe trip, I was in high school and kind of like a formidable age and impressionable age. And, you know, and as a high schooler, you can you think certain things are like the end of the world. And I remember thinking like going away for 10 weeks that summer was going to be like, I'm going to have no friends when I come home. You know, it was very big deal to me. Um, But I got up there and it was like the most pure fun, pure joy, you know, it was girls who were just all supporting each other because we were out in nature and, um, there were, were none of those, you know, frivolous, you know, factors that can kind of get in the way of fun or make you feel, I just remember feeling just so confident and having the best time on those canoe trips because you, you grow so much, you, there's so much of a, a sense of teamwork and leadership and you really find your strengths within a group, I think, um, uh, just, you know, when, when you're in a group atmosphere, it's like you, you, you understand you're, you're tested and kind of push your limits and you understand where you kind of, um, yeah, excel in what your strengths are. So I remember coming home that summer feeling so like alive and excited and definitely, you know, compared to my friends who, you know, drove around Kansas city all summer. Like, I think all we did was drive around in cars, you know, in high school and just, go from one stop to another. So, you know, it was fun to just have this totally amazing summer. I saw beautiful, um, scenery and just really became more confident. I think just because of what you're, um, being on the water 10 days and knowing what you accomplished and then just, um, living within nature, there's such a peace about that. Um, and so it was just a great group. That first summer was so impactful to me, but then I, you know, continued on and you just, you see people just having pure joy, um, and it's just amazing. So that was kind of a tangent, but it was really, it was, it's a special thing to be able to do that mm. and share it with people. That that's the biggest thing for me is being able to, you know, share that experience with people, um, and, and do that together. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, that's why we have the adventure sports podcast. It's because mm-hmm. we believe in that. We mm-hmm. believe in those life experiences. And we always tell people we've had so many wonderful guests on our show. We have over 400 interviews now, Emily, and we've oh had, gosh. you know, some of the world-renowned uh, best mountaineers and uh, people that that run amazing ultra marathons and people that have run or biked or walked around the planet. People that have uh, done all sorts of amazing expeditions and explorations, you know, and and I love all the wonderful people that we've we've met. But the reason for the show isn't to try to turn everyone into uh, a mountaineer that's going to climb Everest or K2. The reason for the show is to try to get more people outside, connecting with nature in a fun way, having that community and that, that, that interaction that is so beneficial. And, you know, the other side of it is, is you talked about how, you know, you came home knowing that you had this fantastic summer and that you knew more about yourself. You're more confident. And you said, wow, look what I can do. You know, that's... Oh, totally. That's what adventure sports do. Yeah. And especially at that age too, I think when, um, you know, high schoolers are just kind of in a funny place and to be able to know that you had this summer totally independent, you could be whoever you wanted to be and be able to just find that peace in nature and, yeah, see what you accomplished and meet new friends and like the whole thing. And I know with like the adventure sport community, you're meeting new people all the time because you might meet someone. I, I, gosh, I, you know, I talked to someone who lived in Denver and he said, the greatest thing about living in Denver is, um, 
you know, you'd meet someone, you know, at a coffee shop and then the next weekend you're skiing with them, mm. you know, in the mountains. It's just like that, that common ground and that common interest really affords itself to, or lends itself to meeting really great people and great friends. So, um, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a fan and I wish I had more adventure sports in my life in Kansas city where, um, hope, hoping to get some mountains in here soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I always, I always encourage all of our listeners. It doesn't matter where you live. There are wonderful things to do. You just have to find them. So Kansas city, I mean, you, you have uh, water, you have lakes, you have streams, rivers, you can do boating, you can do fishing, you can do uh, mountain biking, you can do road biking, you can do running, ultra distance running, you could do skydiving. You could, I'm going to stop. You see what I mean? Exactly. You don't have to live in Colorado to do this You made your point. (laughs) You made a great point. I know. So, and I've got, I've got a big dog and he loves being outdoors. So as soon as it cools down, um, we're going to go for, for long, you know, walks and we love, um, going to the parks and things like that. So anyway. Well, you just, you just brought something up that I want to ask you about before we let you go here. Oh yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, this 10 day canoe trip and I'm thinking, okay, insect repellent, water, fish, um, and then you mentioned your pet just now, your big dog. And yes, Bogart. He's a <laughs> Bogart, <dog>. fantastic. <laughs> so the question I have is, you know, we all we always come up with these great new products that are going to save the world. And, you know, it's something like DDT, and we find out years later is about to kill all of our birds of prey. You know what I yeah. mean? So has this stuff been tested? It sounds like it's fairly new to the market. Has it been tested with wildlife and fish and that sort of thing? Yes, it's uh, we call it people and planet friendly. It's non-toxic to fish and wildlife. It's not going to, um, um, if, if it gets in water streams, it's not harmful to, to fish. Um, and it's safe for pets. You can, you can spray it on your pets. You can, we're, you don't want them like licking it. It's non-toxic, but you know, if they're, they're going to be licking it, it's not a great thing for them, I suppose, um, taste wise, <laughs> but, um, and they lick it off, but um, I think it's great to spray on like their paws and places where ticks could, um, get in, you know, find their way up their legs and things like that. So it's definitely safe for pets, def- definitely safe to spray on their fur. Um, so, and we're, we're trying to find a better application for pets because if you do spray it in their fur, it might kind of like, um, you know, get gunk up, gunked up or whatever, but, um, that that's next. And we're, we're working on a line for horses as well because it is so effective and it's safe for them. So. Hmm. Well, very good. It sounds like a wonderful solution, and it's time. <laughs> We've been needing this for a very long time. So once again, the website, if I got this right, was provenrepellent.com. Yes. And people can get 20% off by using a coupon code OUTDOOR20. That's correct. And I think it sounds fantastic. And now this takes away one more of the excuses that people have for not getting out there and doing fun things. Right? Exactly. I'm with you. That's right. Right on. Well, thank you, Emily, for sharing this with us. And I wanted to share this. It's like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is not like the, the average show on the Adventure Sports Podcast. But it doesn't matter what your adventure sport is. This might make the outdoors more accessible for you. So that's why I wanted to get the word out. Because this, to me, is a big deal for outdoor enthusiasts. Really a big deal. So thank you for sharing it with us. Well, thanks for having me, Kurt. It was fun to be on your show and definitely fun talking to you and hearing stories. That's that's awesome. So right. thank you. Oh, you bet. And, you know, I say it at the end of every show. I always say get out there and have some fun. And now you can do it with more confidence. 
pick up some of this proven repellent and uh, tell Emily thank you when you find <laughs> that you now can avoid all these pests. So until the next show, everyone, make sure that you do get out there and have some fun. 